everybody, uh, welcome to the Game Central Podcast. It's me, Gareth, and yes, that is just me. Uh, um, I'm here to fill you in on the unfortunate events surrounding episode 31 of the podcast. Um, basically what happened, if I sound a bit croaky as well, it's because I just woke up. Um, basically what happened is, we recorded episode 31 last night, we went in depth in all the Gamescom stuff, uh, we had Don on, we talked for two hours, we had an awesome game show, all that stuff, and then upon stopping recording, the recording just broke, like there was no way to recover it. Me and Don tried um, for probably about three hours, um, until like one in the morning, trying to fix this file and we just couldn't, um, so we just sort of had to call off episode 31 which is annoying because as I said it was two hours long really good we were all pretty pretty massively happy with how it came out Um, but I think what we're going to do is sort of the game show can be saved until next time like we can just redo that Uh, we'll try and get some new people on (laughs) probably because me and Don already know the answers Um, but as far as the rest of it goes like the games com news will be a bit out of date next week so I'm just going to sort of try and recap it as best I can now uh, so it's going to be obviously a very short episode um, and it'll be just me with my croaky morning voice but um, before I get started um, I'm just going to fill you in on uh, little pieces of news column announcements um, to do with the podcast and the website um, <clears throat> the first announcement is that Don Goss will be joining us as a host full-time. Um, kind of makes it even worse that we lost the last last podcast because it was like Don's first episode as a full-time host and it was really good. But yeah, Don joins us full-time. Uh, Guy isn't like going anywhere, um, but he because he couldn't do every single week, me and Rob felt it would be better to have four of us as hosts and Guy can maybe be part-time. Like, if he wants to come on every week, that's fine. If he wants to not come on for two months, that's also fine. Because we still have myself, Rob, and Don to fall back on. So, welcome Don, the permanent fourth host of the Game Central podcast. And Guy is now part-time, <laughs> basically. Um, the second announcement uh, is that there's actually a giveaway going up. Well, it's actually up already on GameBatner.co.uk, which is my website, um, to win a copy of Transistor for the PC. Uh, If you don't know what Transistor is, it's the second game by the team who made Bastion, which is a fantastic game. Um, It was in a lot of the top ten lists of the, the year it came out. Even though it was an indie game, a lot of people really loved it. And Transistor is basically following that trend. It's like it's an 83 on Metacritic right now. A lot of people really adore this game. And you'll be, again, like Bastion, you'll be seeing it on a lot of top 10 lists towards the end of this year, I promise you. Um, so to win that, you just go to gamebanner.co.uk, 
right there, right on the front page, you can't miss it, post that says win a transistor CD key. Um, All you need to do to enter is like a few Facebook pages, follow a few Twitter accounts, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like Each one of those things you do will get you 10 entries. So you could just follow the Twitter account and that will get you 10 entries. Like I don't post that much, it's not that invasive. So even if you're very selective about who you follow on Twitter, like that's that's probably the easiest one to do. Um, you do get 10 entries for every single thing you do though. So if you like the Facebook page and follow me on Twitter and subscribe to the YouTube channel, that'll be 30 entries. And it's one of those things where, you know, they are trying to milk you for likes and subscribes and follows, but you are getting something out of it. Plus, you know, liking the Facebook page for the website only helps the podcast, so it'd be really appreciated if you could do that, and maybe you'll win a copy of Transistor. Um, Yeah, it's win-win. More win for for you, probably, because you could win this awesome game. Uh, plus, it's with uh, a company called All CD Keys, which is kind of like a a price compare site for um, keys. So you know, if you play a lot of games on the PC and you want to get them cheap, this is one of those sites that you can just um, add to your sort of rotation to check for special offers and deals and stuff on really cheap keys for Steam and Origin and Uplay and whatever else. All right, so I think that's the. Uh, so the housekeeping out of the way, let's get on to the news from Gamescom. Okay, so Gamescom. Um, happened in Germany uh, these past few days. I think it's still going on now, but the uh, main Microsoft and Sony press conferences are out of the way now. Uh, so we can talk about what was on them. Um, first thing I do want to touch on is that... Um, Activision had a Call of Duty uh, press conference that showed off some of the multiplayer stuff that's going to be in Advanced Warfare. Um, Don said that it reminded him a lot of Halo 4, the multiplayer stuff they showed, but for me, it's a lot more um, Titanfall. Uh, the movement system that's in Titanfall seems to just basically have been ripped out um, and com- completely copied into Advanced Warfare, which for me is fine because. Titanfall is a game that plays incredibly well. It's so satisfying to play. But none of the progression that you want is in the game. Like, you can level up, sure, but when you level up, you get a gun that feels no more effective than any of the other guns you've got. You know, you don't get anything really new or interesting for leveling up. Whereas in Call of Duty games, you know, the carrot on the stick is level up, get a new gun, get a new perk, get a new ability. So I think marrying the satisfying gameplay of Titanfall with the satisfying progression of Call of Duty could result in something that's actually really awesome, which feels weird to say about a Call of Duty, obviously. Um, But yeah, I think for everything I've seen of the multiplayer, I could actually be pretty excited to play it, just because Titanfall is so satisfying and I loved it so much, but I fell out of interest with it really quickly because there was no progression. So this seems like it'll scratch both those itches at once, which I'm excited for. Alright, so um, the first of the press conferences was Microsoft. Um, Not a huge amount 
came out of their press conference. Uh, they did show some Quantum Break, which I thought looked fantastic. Um, the time mechanics they're employing in that game, stopping down time, uh, speeding up time, speeding, uh, stopping like specific bullets with your time powers, all whilst fighting in like a frozen pocket of time, all looks really cool. And obviously the graphics are gorgeous. Um, if you didn't catch it, I would advise looking it up. And it'd be one of those games that we've seen at two E3s now. Um, and that all they've shown is sort of disjointed live action stuff and little bits of what the gameplay might be. But now we've actually seen how it'll play. I think next time you see it in E3, you'll actually be like, oh, shit, roll on the corner break. Yeah, let's see what what's coming up now. Um, so for me... Quantum Break really stood out. Um, Super Hot also stood out, mainly because <laughs> I've actually backed it on Kickstarter, and this will get more people to see it. Uh, super Hot is just a superb little indie game where time only moves when you do, and it's one hit, one kill with guns. Um, so basically, it's kind of like a puzzle game, you know, there'll be like 100 bullets flying at you, and you have to stop moving. So the bullets do, and then you have to figure out your way around the bullets to get to the enemies to shoot them, but then your bullets will only move when you move as well, so you have to sort of dodge bullets while your bullet moves towards an enemy, and it all looks really, really incredible. Um, it's going to be uh, working with an Oculus on the PC when it comes to PC, so that's also something I'm very excited for. Um, but the main news coming out of the Microsoft press conference was um, that the next Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, will be an Xbox exclusive, which is huge news because that that last Tomb Raider game that came out, a lot of people loved it. I mean, I despised it, <laughs> and I've gone into that on the podcast a couple of times. Uh, so it was very surprising to see this be exclusive, but it has come out in the days since... Sorry, big yawn. I have just woken up. Bear that in mind. <laughs> um, it has become apparent in the days since that it's not going to be a, a permanent exclusive. That would be kind of insane if Microsoft had bought the Tomb Raider franchise in perpetuity. That almost never happens. Um, so there is going to be some kind of uh, time on the uh, exclusivity window, but we don't know how long that is. Uh, could be a year, could be two years, could be ten years, could be six months. We just literally have no idea. But for the foreseeable future, Tomb Raider will only exist on the Xbox One. Maybe PC? Phil Spencer kind of uh, alluded to maybe a PC version. But the point is definitely not PS4 for a long time. <laughs> so that was kind of the uh, the main news coming out of the Microsoft conference. Uh, so the Sony one was uh, very interesting uh, they showed a ton of indie games um, a lot of games we we knew were going to be there as well like you know Destiny obviously um, the standout for me was Bloodborne which we saw um, sort of just enough gameplay for me to see that it was Dark Soulsy enough for me to uh, to want to play it uh, it's, it's by the Dark Souls people obviously um not quite a sequel, but definitely a spiritual successor. Looks like it plays very similarly. The role the guy did in the trailer is straight out of Dark Souls. Like, it's not even 
It's not like it's close. It's like it looks exactly the same animation to me, which is good because uh, I'm not exactly sick of Dark Souls yet. You know, I'm still clamoring for more Dark Souls. Um, aside from Bloodborne, though, just a ton of indie games that did look really good. Uh, Wild. I would just encourage you to to like look up the trailer to that and hear what the creator had to say. It's basically. It sounds like an MMO where you can take control of any animal, human, or creature. Which doesn't really make sense. That concept sounds insane, but that's what he said. So, if that turns out to be the case, that could be really cool. Um, then, obviously, Far Cry 4 turned up. And you remember, at E3, the big deal was that you can play Far Cry 3 with a friend who doesn't even... Not Far Cry 3. Far Cry 4... With a friend who doesn't even have the game. They can join you for co-op when they don't own the game. And everyone's like, wow, that's insane. How's this going to work? So it turns out the way it's going to work is you have ten keys that you can send to your friends. And then when a friend has a key, he can use that key to unlock the world for two hours and join you in a game. Which basically means after you're done recording, not recording, they're downloading the game. Which... On PSN will probably take you about two days. Um, you then only get two hours in a game with your friend. We don't know if you can only use one key. Like, can you send the same friend um, all ten keys, or can you receive keys from multiple friends to play the game with them? We don't know, but we do know you can't play in somebody's Far Cry Four game with them co-op if you don't have the game. Unless you have one of these magical keys. Which sounds absolutely ridiculous. Especially given that later on in the press conference. They mentioned this new. I think they called it share play feature. Which is basically a way of playing with your friends. Um, without them having the game using streaming. So you know like on live or like Gaikai. Or even like the PlayStation Now stuff. They've just started rolling out. Um Basically, it's like, you know, if I'm sat on my couch at home playing a game and you're sat on your couch at your home and you don't have the game, you can uh, jump into my game using this technology. Uh, in a variety of ways, you know, it could be like a, like a Grand Theft Auto V. You could take it in turns like old school, swapping the controller, you swap the controller when you die type thing. Um, or it could even be for a co-op game. If it has split screen, you know, there's no reason that the second person can't take control of another character from their home without having the game using this streaming service. So it's all very interesting, but it's all, we don't know a huge amount about it right now. And obviously, it's a little ways away because this kind of technology is very unproven. Internet isn't the best everywhere. Um, just ask my nan. She she gets a internet from the post office, so that's how <laughs> that's how iffy the internet can be. Um, but I think we're getting to a point now where this kind of thing is starting to become a reality. Like the idea that you could be playing the next Borderlands split screen with somebody with the person not even in the same country as you is kind of something that's not seeming as far fetched. Obviously. Um, why would you do that? Just get a friend over and play the next Borderlands on the same couch in split screen. But, you know, it's an option. 
Um, and definitely interesting. Definitely something to uh, to watch out for. So yes, I'd, I'd say I'd say of both, Sony won. Uh, not that we have to pick a winner, but I think Sony came out with more interesting stuff. There seemed more like a mini E3 press conference, whereas Microsoft's seemed a bit more like we have this Tomb Raider thing. We also need to fill the rest of the hour, so we'll sort of throw some other stuff out there. Or Sony's did seem kind of like a mini E3, so props to Sony, they did well. Um, uh, the other little bit of news, as it's just me on my own, nobody knows, um, it's Smash Bros news. <laughs> they announced the limited edition 3DS uh, with Smash Bros characters on the front that looks pretty nice. Uh, and they also announced that Meta Knight will be returning. Uh, Meta Knight is... He's from the Kirby games. He's got like a sword that's all jagged. And he's like a ball like Kirby. But he's got like a face mask on. And he's got wings. And he's, he's you know, he's fine. I don't like him in Smash Bros. Because he's really cheap. Like all his attacks. Every single attack of his is just super powerful. And knocks you for miles. Um, I tend to... I'm more of a peach kind of guy I got a pretty mean peach but uh, yeah <laughs> I think that's uh, about all the news we covered obviously because we lost last night um, you're not getting Don's and Rob's input and they you know, they had other stuff to talk about like Rob was really excited about um, Forza Horizon 2 Don was um, what was Don excited for? Don was excited for the Halo um Remaster edition that they're bringing out. I'm not really a Halo guy or a driving guy, so they offered stuff about that, which I can't really get into because I'm not not a huge fan. So I, we are sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all we covered in the news. So don't want to waste your time. Let's get into what we've been playing. Music time. Um, okay, so this week, uh, obviously, not wanting to take too long, not wanting to take too much of your time, but I do have some music that I really like. Um, it's probably not the best podcast to put it on, but you know what? I think it'll liven it up a bit. Um, so the music I've got this week is from Nidhog. Um, two tracks from that um, soundtrack. They're not that long, so don't worry. Uh, the first track is called Castle, and the second track is called Clouds. And what I really like about the Nidhogg soundtrack is it's a really interesting mix of like trying to be sort of garagey, almost like drum and bassy, with also like sort of uh, old school organs and stuff. It makes for a really sort of frenetic sound that isn't. It's kind of not really music. It's just sort of noise. But then, I know for me, like I'd have the sort of um, main uh, facets of the song like in my head the next day. So it's sort of really engaging. Uh, that's Castle, at least. And Clouds, which is the second song I'll be playing, is a lot more melodical in just a really pleasant way. Uh, so I really like it for that. So it really shows the two sides of this game where you've got the sort of frenetic, don't know what's going on, doesn't really sound right, sounds a bit creepy and weird and then you've got just a nice pleasant soundtrack because that's the kind of that's the line Nidhogg toes of like horrible violence and intense gameplay 
but with a game that, even though it's pixely, looks really beautiful. So we're going to be towing that line today with sound with the soundtrack from Nidhogg. Uh, the first track is called Castle, and the second track is called Clouds.
Okay, so again, uh, you know, we're just booking through this week's podcast. To be honest, <laughs> um, losing last night's podcast and then after spending like three hours trying to get it working just makes me want to sort of uh, tan this one out and then focus on making next week even better. So, uh, just going to quickly what I was playing this week. Um, I obviously played some League of Legends, I'm not going to talk about that, uh, so you can all... I'll feel good about that. Um, but I did play some Battlefield 4 because they brought on the new map pack, uh, Dragon's Teeth. Unfortunately, I didn't have a great time with it. Um, for some reason, whatever they've done in this newest patch has made it so I can't sprint. I use a controller, um, even on PC, because I'm insane. Um, I've just always preferred controllers. And to be honest, I do absolutely fine with a controller on the PC. Battlefield's not so much about you know pinpoint accuracy as it is about sort of a thinking about where you are in the space and how enemies can take advantage of that so like sniping isn't really about the exact movement of a mouse pointer it's more about uh sort of feeling it and like where your shot's going to land based on where you're aiming and the velocity of the bullet you've chosen so it's not really about that kind of accuracy. So I'm alright using a controller. I never come last. I never really come bottom half of my team. Uh, unless I've been just playing really passively. But yeah. Um, something they've done in this latest patch has made it so my controller. The sprint just doesn't work. It's weird as well because I go into the key bindings. And I go to sprint. And I click you know change to this key. And I click in the left stick. And it says okay recognised as whatever it's like button 9. And then when I go into game, click it down, nothing happens. So, something fucked up there. And it really is a big part of the game. Especially because these Dragon's Teeth maps are more orin uh, orientated towards uh, infantry. Which means, you know, being on the ground instead of being in vehicles. There's not that many vehicles to go around. Um, so there's a lot of running around. And if you can't sprint, you're just a sitting duck most of the time. Um... So I didn't really have any fun with that. And the map um, that it sort of dropped me in on. Sort of a sort of a restaurant in the middle of a lake, right? But the restaurant has been knocked into the lake, so it's sort of sinking, but also sort of tipped up. So it's sort of on a slant and underwater. So you have to sort of swim in at the bottom bit. Um, but because you're swimming you can't use any of your main weapons so what tends to happen is you're swimming and there's people on the top floor of this restaurant just shooting down into the water just absolutely murdering everybody who's coming in it's an absolute bloodbath <laughs> but also um, if you do actually manage to get in because this restaurant that's sunk is right in the middle of the map it's like literally the centre of the map um, in a lake in the middle of a city so it's like surrounded by buildings and it basically means if you're in the middle of the map you're in the kill zone because <laughs> like the rest of the map is literally lined with people who want to snipe in and get kills and people in like tanks and helicopters who are just circling around this one building in the middle of the map just absolutely unloading into it so either you have to ignore the middle bit or you have to be a sniper which Neither of those things are terribly fun to me. Sniping can be fun in the right circumstance. 
But on this map, it'd literally just be you're a sniper trying to out-snipe other snipers, which is not fun. There's nothing about that is enjoyable to me. Um, so at least on other maps, like in the, the core set of maps you get um, when you get the game, there are maps where if you're a sniper, you're aiming for moving targets, you know, you're looking around the map for for new places the enemy's moving, like new sort of um, choke points and flanks and stuff. But in this, it's literally just, here's the map, it's a big circle, there's shit going down in the middle, just snipe at the middle. So it's not that interesting. And that, combined with me not being able to do a pretty core function, which is sprint, <laughs> uh, meant I had a pretty shitty time. I spent about... 20-25 minutes playing on this map and I was I was kind of determined as well to play all of the DLC maps because I, I do love me some Battlefield 4 um, but my enthusiasm for playing all the maps quickly dwindled um, once I had these issues. I probably, to be honest I probably will play more of it. I do want to get through the rest of those maps because they, they sound cool. Paul Lynn a friend of the show um, ensures me that they're really fun maps and I have only seen one of them. I think there's like Five, so there's still a fair bit more for me to see and play. Again, big yawn. <sighs> Again, I apologise. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably revisit Battlefield Four at some point uh, this week. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about is not a game I played, but it is something I want to speak about. Uh, Batman: Assault on Arkham. It's an animated film by DC Comics uh, that's a prequel to the Arkham games, um, and it's really really good um, the film doesn't actually really follow Batman it follows the Suicide Squad um, which in the comics is basically the government recruiting uh, villains uh, like Harley Quinn uh, Killer Frost uh, Deadshot uh, like they recruit villains of that calibre and force them to work for them they insert like a uh, explosive in their neck so that if they disobey the government, then they blow them up. Um, and they use them for missions that seem impossible. Uh, that's why they call them the Suicide Squad, because every mission is suicide. Like, the mission, if you go in and fail the mission, then it's a kind of mission that you'll be dead if you fail. Uh, and even if you are succeeding in the mission, if you don't do exactly what they tell you, they can just blow your head off at any time with these explosives. It's a very dark um, concept and because we're following villains all the way through this animated film it is a lot more like violent than your standard um, superhero movie uh, which is cool, you know, it's a different slant. It's like if you were to follow the Joker in um, any Batman story you'd just see death and destruction and violence and horrible things, and then Batman will come in right at the end and stop him, you know. Um, so it's like, instead of following Batman being all like, I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to scare you and knock you out, and then dangle you off this roof to scare you, and you'll give me information, I'm not going to actually kill you. This is just like, I'm dead shot, I'm going to shoot you in the face, obviously, because I'm a fucking bad guy, assassin, bounty hunter dude, who's a badass. So it's very... Um, Violent in a cool way, not in like just a, not in like a sore way, you know, but in like a it's comic booky. It's not very realistic, 
but it's fun. Uh, characters die in it. It's brutal, but in a fun way. A, a way that you'll definitely enjoy. Um, also, uh, Troy Baker, who you'll know as Booker DeWitt or Joel from The Last of Us, um, he does the Joker in this animated film. And he is incredible. Like, Mark Hamill, obviously, um, Arkham City was his last ever performance as the Joker. The end of an era, because his Joker is just far and away the best representation. Um, I was play not playing through, I was listening very closely to the Joker in this animated film. And I thought it was Mark Hamill for the entire thing. I didn't even question it. I was like, cool, Mark Hamill's back doing the Joker, that's good. As soon as it got to the credits and I saw Troy Baker was him, I was like, holy shit, that is impressive. His portrayal of the Joker is... I didn't even question that it wasn't Mark Hamill. And if you think of Mark Hamill like like I do, if you think of Mark Hamill as the definitive depiction of the Joker, like you can't imagine the Joker without that voice, Troy Baker is carrying on the mantle because he nails it. He is perfect. I was flawed. Um, Troy Baker, I know I gushed about him last week with the Last of Us um, Last of Us One Night Live stuff, but he is quickly becoming one of my favourite people in video games. Like, Even though this isn't a video game, this is an animated film about superheroes and supervillains. Um, it's still like, because it's so rooted in the Arkham games, and it has one of our best voice actors in it, I just, yeah, I, I'm excited for anything Troy Baker's name is attached to because he just brings quality to everything he does. He is quickly becoming one of my favourite people in video games. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, in case you missed it, that was Assault on Arkham. It's a DC animated film. All the animated DC films are fantastic. If you like the live-action Batman films that Christopher Nolan did, Watch some of the um, animated Batman films and realise how shit those Christopher Nolan Batman films really are. Batman in those films is useless. He just stands still. His fighting is lame. He's rubbish. But the Batman in the animated films is just fantastic. Incredible to watch. Uh, Acrobatic. Ninja-like. And just cool. He's just fucking cool. So, yeah. Batman Assault and Arkham. <laughs> I guess it's out now for you to watch. Uh, and there's a whole bevy of other DC animated films for you to delve into if that tickles your fancy. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, again, I just want to remind you that there is a giveaway on the site, Transistor, for the PC. Um, look it up on Metacritic, see how much people loved it. Look it up on YouTube, see how cool that game looks and realise that you definitely want to try and win a copy. So go to gamebanner.co.uk, and it's right there on the front page. Um, we should be back to normal next week. Obviously this is just a stopgap while while we mourn the loss of last week's podcast. Um, we'll figure out a way to bring back everything cool that we did last week um, into next week's podcast. Um, by no means is this... <laughs> Um, sort of a main podcast this is just me realising at 10 in the morning on Thursday oh fuck we don't have anything to put out Um, so I do apologise immensely for the poor poor quality of this podcast Um, if you're still listening at this point you're a true fan and thank you Um, 
We still obviously appreciate uh, any feedback you give us on iTunes or any feedback you can give us on any podcast app you use. Um, they may have some kind of rating system that I'm not familiar with. It um, just helps us get our profile up, helps us get our name out there. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter, which is uh, Twitter at GameBanter. Uh, I'll be posting a lot about the giveaway this week, just trying to raise awareness for people who maybe have like a thousand people they follow on Twitter and they haven't seen the announcement yet. Um, but I don't really update that much. I'll only update with my thoughts about what's going on during the week, what I'm playing. And also, it'll be an update um, if I start streaming, uh, whether it's on Twitch or Hitbox or uh, whatever other website I'm trying out. Uh, you'll see it uh, on the feed on Twitter. So, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, hopefully we've not put you off our podcast forever uh, it was just a technical I guess you'd call it a hiccup uh, the moment we lost a whole episode a whole two hour episode Oh, <sighs> it's nobody's fault just one of these things that can happen with technology um, and obviously like Don and Rob they have jobs so they can't just be coming on podcast every week at 10 in the morning on a Thursday to re-record an entire show you know people have lives I don't have a life so I can just sort of come here and do some little little tiny podcast um, and hopefully people will uh, like it enough to listen to next week's uh, we should be having a few guests on next week uh, to sort of make up for this unfortunate happened fans but that's next week this is this week and for this week hope you have a lovely weekend I've been Gareth Bye-bye.